Well, today we're going to talk about the fact that you want out, but God wants up. Amen. You want out, but God wants up. Always two wills working in our lives. Sometimes, unless we really yield to God's will, sometimes we're not sure if it's God, the devil, or Aunt Jane putting hexes and vexes on us. <laughs> you know all of that that whole stuff but you know the, God will override everything you know the will of God will come forth if we want it to come forth so but there are times in our lives when we kind of get a little weary we got to get a little impatient we're waiting on things sometimes you're waiting on an answer to prayer or you've sown your seed you've been good and when you weren't good you hope God wasn't looking amen <laughs> but you know how we do you know how we live and so we we always are are uh, desiring more from God and that's a good thing that he put that in us to desire more from from him and so uh, there are times though when it's kind of quiet in our lives we have prayers out there or sometimes there may be times when we're really uh, uh, kind of in a desperate way for an answer from God. You know it might be that we've uh, kind of come to the end of our proverbial rope so to speak the end of our uh, patience faith uh, encouragement we're sometimes a little discouraged Uh, there are times when we maybe are desiring something from God and it just hasn't come through yet you know there's always these quiet times and they are God ordained you know these times where it's it's a little quiet are God ordained uh, because it's faith it's not magic and God is building something in us that we're just so unaware that he's building Uh, sometimes we don't understand how God's kingdom works how these things happen what to expect next etc etc but uh, we need to reassure ourselves in the confidence amen that God is for us and God is still working God is building oftentimes something greater than what we think, what we can ask, what we might even suspect he's doing. He's doing something greater than what we can ever know. It's it's common of God not to reveal the whole picture to us. Uh, because of different things and you know you all know because we can look back now some of us on on uh, the years that we've served God and we can see well you know what if I'd known all this was involved you know good bad or indifferent we just you know so he gives us enough that we can confidently know uh, that he's active in it he he won't leave us in the dark totally he will give us enough faith to continue to go forward but there are times where in waiting for God to move or waiting for the promise to come to pass uh, we want out you know we want out we want to find a way to shorten our uh you know so to speak suffering with a bible word for suffering really means to allow you know you you let go of your control of the situation and you allow God's control to dominate and manifest and so you follow God's lead uh, when you're somebody is not really leading direction you want them to go or leading where you think you want it to go we have a tendency to want to take over the lead you know what I'm saying? I remember when I was first uh, learning to dance with guys. 
You know how it is. You you dance. You see dancing couples on TV. You dance by yourself in front of your mirror at home. But then when a real partner gets in front of you, you have to learn how to dance with that partner. And so I was a horrible follower because, as you can see, I want to run everything. No, <laughs> no I want to. <laughs> Sometimes, girl, <laughs> it was kind of cute when uh, when I got saved. God would show me pictures of of him when he. Uh, I would see myself dancing with the Lord, and he he would always kind of you know imply to me that he was leading and I was not. You got me? And so it's a human tendency to want to take over the lead. When things aren't going the way your mind tells you they should go, then you want to lead. And so when I talk about uh, wanting out, you want out of that restriction that God places on us because he has so much better for us he has to keep us in a kind of a holding pattern or a pattern of uh, hovering or a pattern of nothing big is going on right now I don't see any sprouts coming up out of the ground I planted them tomatoes you know three weeks ago where's my green stuff shooting up and so we we oftentimes want to opt out of what God's doing I know there are young people in the ministry as well uh, especially in Cleveland they're young people and some of y'all's young too okay don't don't get see I felt that everybody in here go what she mean (laughs) you too hi yeah right (laughs) you're gonna be young forever and so uh We'll preach about that response later. More to come. <laughs> More to come. Right. The Lord told me to shoot my hand up. <laughs> but our question often is why is it taking so long? Amen. That's the first thing that comes to our mind when we talk about believing God for something is the length of time that it takes. So that that's one of the questions that will go through your mind you often will try to figure out if there's another answer you've already got your answer from God you're standing on the word but your mind will start to search around for another answer and and because we want it over quickly and so we we uh we have to really understand that what God <clears throat> does for us is often a matter of building character delivering us out of powers that are trying to influence us to go a different way and so he has to restrict us in in many ways and he wants us to stay on a pure path on a plain path the path that God has for you will get you there no doubt about it another path will probably not get you there in fact it's it's pretty much determined to fail even though it might look like fun it might look like a, a shortcut you know remember uh, little red riding hood taking a shortcut to grandma's house you know the big bad wolf was right there on the path and so you don't want to get on the path of destruction but you want to stay on the path that God has for us so really what what God wants to do for us is often beyond our comprehension, beyond our imagination, beyond all of our hopes and dreams. I think if many of us who have been saved for any length of time can think back to when we first started with God, we could never have imagined we would have, number one, gone so long with God, and number two, have accomplished many of the things that he has had us accomplish in life. And so when we think about that, we need to think about 
people in the Bible that God took on a, a, a kind of interesting route and they wound up in a place that they never thought they would be because they were restricted to God's will his limitations and his way so in uh, Genesis chapter 37 if you'll turn there it's a story of Joseph and we've heard it many times before but we need to look at it in light of the fact that God wants to go up he's taking us up but we may want out there are many times we want out of what God has for us Joseph is number 11 out of 12 sons of Jacob you know Jacob God loved Esau God hated so Joseph is in a privileged family this is a family that has uh, the prophecy that they're the uh, in uh, these uh, uh, seed would be as innumerable as the sand uh, pebbles of sand on the ocean uh, on the shore and also as the stars in the sky and so he's called to have longevity on the earth he's called to be uh, one generation out of many generations of descendants also there are other prophecies prophecies that will come to pass out of this we do know that kings are prophesied to come from this bloodline and so it's it's known that this is potential royalty here and they are called to high and excellent things and so when God gives us a prophecy or gives us a dream we need to understand that he is the one the only one who can bring this to pass I always say this that that when God gives you a prophecy or word or a promise however he gives it to you might come through the mouth of a, a vessel it might come through your reading in the word God aims that word at your heart but your mind will deflect it from your heart and accept it you got me some of it can go in there but on the way in your mind will intercept it and deflect it and it lands up here many times you see so there is a place where that word will reside partially in your heart and it may reside partially in your head God's job before that comes to pass it's got to all get down in your heart you cannot can it cannot be a mind trip for you it can't be something that you think about and brag on it to people this has to be something that grows that planted inside of you in good soil and grows up out of you and out of your spirit now your spirit has a mind and that mind totally knows how to evaluate the words that come to it it's the mind of Christ Christ didn't go around bragging on what the father would have him do he spoke truth and it came across to others as bragging you got it that's how the Pharisees were jealous of him when he would say that that he was the son of God or imply he was the son of the father they would get angry because it was never lodged in their heart that this is the Messiah the one we're waiting for they just caught it in their brains oh he's elevating himself as you know sometimes you see things the way you are Pharisees were full of pride and always looking for something to elevate themselves and so they saw Jesus as part of that uh, process so in Genesis 37 go to verse 2 it talks about Joseph he says these are the generations of Jacob Joseph being 17 years old was feeding the flock of his brethren and and the lad was with the sons of Bilah and all of those relatives and 
and he brought forth his father an evil report. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age and he made him a coat of many uh, colors. When his brethren saw their father loved him more than all his brethren they hated him and would not speak peaceably to him. So they picked on him and he picked on them back. See this is the way it is in families you know this is the the sibling thing you know everybody comes from a sibling thing you know there are uh, kids in the family like sometimes if, if you're the baby boy you really catch it everybody's your boss. They never expect you to be anything more than the baby. Joseph was close to the baby but he was a very gifted individual and he was called by God at an early age and gifts began to get prominent in him as a child. And so when you're in this position you have a tendency to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. Number two the daddy's already favored him among all the kids. He's making special coats for him and you know who does he think he is a little king or something running around here with the coat of many colors <laughs> amen coats of many colors in 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 bible language that really symbolizes the different uh gifts and callings and sometimes the myriad of uh uh Uh, abilities that a person will have and you see this coat has many facets and colors to it and it's it is true of Joseph's true nature it's a reflection of who he is as an individual parents can see things in kids you know Um, I remember my dad when we were children many of you know know uh, uh, my testimony and know that my dad had a, a very bad drinking problem pretty much all of his life uh, we know he was called to preach and never never accepted the call and this is why I'm so adamant when I know people are called of God I try to encourage them and teach them and nurture their gifts as much as I can that's my job but also know from personal experience the lack of, of uh, contentment you will have in your your life if you don't re, you know uh, uh, accept the call of God and walk in what God has for you and so my my dad was always somewhat of a troubled person and that was reflected in his drinking but boy when daddy got sober he could prophesy to you <laughs> he just look at you and he would line all four of us girls up and it was like being examined by a laser radar you got this 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 and this and you can do this and you you got to watch yourself because you and it was right down the line and it was extremely accurate and so we lived and and when he passed away at 96 years of age we're not sure he said he always shaved a couple years off his age he's 96 94 we don't know but when you get up above 90 who cares but God gave me uh, something for his uh, obituary in that he we had a prophet in our house because our dad was able to accurately see the value in each one of his children I think that's so important any household you, your parents have to see the value in their children and I believe Joseph uh, Joseph's dad saw that in him and that was reflected in this coat of many colors that he put upon him now Joseph was loved by his father by reasons that were personal to his father got me parents love you not 
because of your who you are behavior wise or anything they love you because they love you there's something they see in you there's a value there and so we have to understand that about God we are loved by God for reasons we don't know why because many days we don't feel lovable we don't feel acceptable we don't accept ourselves some days we feel like we're the greatest thing since I mean well, you know like that I always think about that um, uh, character the Fonz in Happy Days you know they show him get ready to comb his hair and he's like <laughs> why disturb perfection you know some days we feel like that about ourselves we're either way sky high or way down low we're never in the reality of who we really are oftentimes so you know that's the way just the way humans are God's favor and blessing have made Joseph hated by his brothers and also Joseph's interaction as a sibling you know sometimes kids do things to survive in the family unit you know sometimes you know the older brother's gonna pick on you and if you get a chance to pick at him first you can at least get him back sometimes and so these things of the family dynamic go on and on and on but there comes a time when God will have to separate us from that comfortable dynamic you know the way things have always been he's got to if you're called of God to do something he's got to get you off to himself and away from strife contention bickering because you've got to get in a place where he can speak to you and you get away from that traditional way of relating to people relating to family members sometimes you need to skip the family reunion you understand what I'm saying just just because you know and and this is this is something that that I've experienced in my own life that there are many times when I would love to get to do some things and love to do this and love to do that but the spirit of god kind of constrains me and I see why in many many instances uh because sometimes that familiarity will not keep you in a position that god wants you to be when that family needs help you understand what I'm saying? It, it it somehow may diminish. So it's good to obey God. I'm not saying no. I don't want everybody to go and send them letters. We come in reunion. This you don't go there. You gotta let God talk to you about you. But I do know that for me, it has been a type of of separation, godly separation. And then I know when people have need, they know to come to me because they know me not as you know so and so comes to reunion and messes up everything every time I show up you know uh, you know I've been invited to neighborhood parties you know and people say well, what do you do well I'm a preacher oh. you know, it's like, and I'm thinking what? you know it's just that way so you know you're like the you're, like, you're the buzz kill you know what I'm saying when you go in there I mean everybody's you know or you get the ones who get real loud with the cussing just to show you that you know what I'm saying so it's it's best to be obedient to God come on folks you you know the drill you know how how it operates and so your witness and then sometimes your witness works well when you interact with them they can accept you as a believer that kind of thing and so you just have to really be sensitive to obeying God but you've got to break the carnal dynamic that runs through family situations you know you got to break that up 
so that God can have enough time to deal with you to prepare you for your way up because you may want out but he wants up for you you got it and so these these restrictions that he puts on us are for our elevation not to kill us totally and deprive us of anything so God then uh, begins to see something in Joseph that he wants to use it's up to God when your gift is is activated you understand me he activates gifts whenever he wants to so we see in verse 5 it says Joseph dreamed a dream told it to his brothers and they hated him yet more as if he's not and Joseph is instigating a lot of this folks you understand me when God uses you it's not because you're a perfect person in the flesh but this is part of the back and forth that that goes on see the dad likes him that makes the brothers hate him he decides he's going to keep himself elevated above the brothers he gives them a special coat so he decides he's going to go to the the uh, check on them you know they're out herding sheep it says they these were the brother's sheep joseph wasn't assigned there he goes there prancing around in this wonderful coat and then he watches them and goes home and tells daddy what everybody did wrong you know how would you like to have a tape recorder on you 24 hours a day seven days a week and so this is joseph's doing these you know where he runs back and tells them bad things they do all the time but then god steps in and gives him something holy for his life and what does joseph do with it he does what many people do he he devalues it and pulls it down to a carnal level see what i'm saying god speaking this dream to his heart he gets it up here and then brings it down to a carnal level where he takes that dream that god gave him and starts to brag to his brothers i'm going to lord it all over you i I had a dream and y'all was all bowing to me then he dreams the dream a second time and then he shows his father bowing to him too and so when God sees us not being able to evaluate properly how to uh, uh, sort out the information that he gives us he has to do some character development in us so from this day forward everything that Joseph goes through is to develop his character in God I always warn people I say you can get a word from God that you're called of God to do something but don't go run out and try to rent a hall to start a meeting tomorrow you understand what I'm saying yes just let God develop you because there's a long distance between say the front pew and the pulpit it may look like a matter of a few feet but it can be a long distance because on the way God has to develop you he has to teach you he has to train you he has to show you things he's got to correct you and he's got to leave you in that condition long enough so that you know how to be led and guided by God so then God gives him and he uses the field as an analogy because that's where Joseph is accustomed to paying attention to things he shows him that same field where his brothers are are tending sheep etc etc and he takes a snapshot of that and puts it into a dream so that Joseph can have something that he's familiar with to relate to when God gives us information he makes it easy for us to pick up on the meaning of it 
He's not trying to keep us more confused with giving us a bunch of puzzle pieces etc. But he allows us to get enough just enough so that we can be familiar with what he wants to do with our lives. And so in this dream he gives Joseph a snapshot of a picture of his life somewhere in the future. He doesn't know how long it's going to take. He doesn't know where it is. But he does know that he's going to be in a position where his family will be subservient to him and he will be lording over them in some way. Joseph is probably thinking it's going to come to pass uh, something's going to happen that his dad is going to be uh, uh, dependent upon him the brothers etc etc but he goes and he tells this dream to them and then when he dreams it a second time uh, uh, he knows that his dad will be subservient as well later in life Joseph will begin to understand this repeating of a dream twice God means that it's going to happen soon Amen. Because he's able to relate this to Pharaoh. So as Joseph is collecting his dreams and thinking he's all that. God is training him as a prophet to understand interpretation of dreams. How to relate them. How to, to, to know the timing of them and everything. Because you'll see that that's part of Joseph's accuracy. Because when Joseph gets older and he has to interpret a dream from Pharaoh, he knows that, uh uh-oh, this has happened twice, you dreamed it twice, that means it's coming soon. Because it happened with him in his life. And so Joseph is able now to start turning his attention uh, to the things of God. A dream, as we said, is only a snapshot of the total picture. God never says why the brothers and dad bow to him. He just sees them bowing. So his dream is confirmed with a little more detail the second time. In verse 20 we see what happens as a result of this dream. Joseph's brethren corner him in a place where the dad is not close around and they really mean to kill him. And so they throw him in a pit and they decide they're going to uh, just kill him. The older brother decides to show him some mercy. Here's the older brother. This is a picture of Jesus as our high priest and our intercessor. Somebody who comes to bat for us at the mercy seat so that we won't lose our lives and the dream of God will come to pass. Dreams of God sometimes will cost you what you feel is such a great price and so much in your natural life. Some things you won't be able to do anymore. Some restrictions that will be on your life. You can't uh, you know, go to parties and, and ball with the brothers or kick it with your homies like you used to. All that kind of stuff. But you know for a fact that God has you on a different path and that path is going to be a good one for you. You just have to hold on whatever price has to be paid. You've got to pay it. Uh, you figure out one day it's probably worth it because you're holding on to God. And so all of this understanding has to come to Joseph because he's yet still a young kid. He's only 17 years of age. And he needs some more understanding. He needs some more teaching. He needs some more training. He needs. He's a rough cut. 
You understand me? And you won't prosper very much as a rough cut. You will prosper in your maturity. You'll prosper as you learn. You'll prosper as you go. You'll prosper as you learn to allow God to help you to get understanding. In in our lives we're taught and trained by other ministers. We're taught and trained in the church the right thing to do before God. And so Joseph has to go through all of this. I always caution people that have a call of God. You know find a place where your gift can be nurtured. Where your gift can be taught. Where your gift can be trained. Where you won't waste your time with a lot of nonsense. Uh, you know and I'm not saying that classes are nonsense. But you need disciples. You don't just need to sit with a group of people and, and hear. You need somebody who can take you aside. When they see your gift developing, they can take you, uh, you know, if you're as a minister, you know, you can assist the, the man or woman of God in charge of that meeting and, and travel with them if they're prone to travel. All of those things are good training for people who are called to go beyond the normal range and go into ministry. So in verse 20, we see Joseph, he says, uh, let me see, now therefore let us slay him and cast him into some pit and we will say some evil beast has devoured him and we shall see what will become of his dreams. So the, the devil really wants to kill your dream. That's his goal. He wants to so discourage you and defeat you at every turn that you give up and you want out. But God tells you to hold on because he wants up for you. It's not time for up yet and it's never time for out. Out's out of the picture, okay? Out just means you go sit somewhere and you wait for the devil to come and and put the other you know if he hits you in the toe and you got a bad toe he'll hit you another toe you know and that kind of thing so you're just waiting uh, for something bad to happen or for nothing to happen and so you never get out when you're you're in God he will find a way to help you to continue to want to go forward with him he has so many great things in mind for us our mind can't comprehend everything that we're going to do and so when we start on this journey with God we have to hang in there until our deliverance comes until our promotion comes until the next great thing to do when God comes and just be ready to move on when that comes to an end so in verse 27 the uh, his brother has interceded for him uh, Judah has interceded for him and uh, I think it was Reuben that that begins to uh, allow them to think differently about killing their brother they decide they're going to pretend that he's dead but they're going to sell him off to the Ishmaelites now this is important to understand because in your journey with God how many of you know the story of Ishmael Abraham got excited and thought he could make a baby on his own and God would accept that and so in Christianese we refer to Ishmael's as things we concoct on our own thinking it's God's answer for us Ishmael run anywhere from false ministry false marriages false partnerships um, uh, 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 perversions of your call and your gifting all of those things Ishmael is the son of your flesh your flesh has gotten anxious for God to do something so it creates its own answer it creates its own answer to your prayer and Ishmael's can be very charming all babies are cute 
Until they get big enough to talk back and want to ruin the household. And so God cannot allow that to stand. God wants us to understand his leading. His ability to bring gifts and promises to us. He wants us to understand all of that and experience it. And we can only be successful if we allow God to bring the things into our life that he's ordained for us. And so it, it just comes that um, they, he is sold to the Ishmaelites. But he's not going to stay there. That's not his final place. The Ishmaelites then sell him into the household of Potiphar who is a a very prominent man and so God wants you to get to the next place but I'm telling you God will not provide the royal route for you to get there you won't get to the next place in your walk with God uh, on a big chariot no that's for later that's for when he elevates you and lifts you up You need to know that your dream will cost you something. It will cost you certain comforts in life. Uh, People who are business people understand that when you first start a business, everything that you have financially is sewn right back into that business again. Uh, It may be years before you can take a good salary out of that. And so when you you have something important that you want to do, you tend to sow a lot of effort and time into it you tend to put a lot of prayer into it you you put a lot of energy and effort into it people in the world know that you know you see these uh, entertainers that what what they call blow up in the world of entertainment you know they don't just blow up they grow up Uh, because the ones who are successful uh, will you will see a lot of background training you'll see a lot of places that they went and sang for two people and didn't get discouraged you know uh, I can remember um, uh, um, the group the OJ's Um, I was involved in business in such a way that I would have encounters with with different entertainment that was way back y'all so don't and don't ask me to sing nothing okay because that ain't what I was doing you know (laughs) but I remember them being booked into a venue and uh, they had like three people in the audience. And uh, we were kind of apologetic to them. And they said, ah, oh, we call this dress rehearsal. This is, And they had such a, uh, a good attitude about it. And that always stuck with me. I said, boy, how could you not be discouraged? You know, it, uh-uh. we call this dress rehearsal. And they went out and they entertained for those people like they would have for a, a packed house and that's kind of a philosophy with entertainment people you'll see that repeated to them I said now the church should be this smart you understand the church should be as smart uh, that smart Uh, I, I was watching I think it was Jennifer Lopez had some people touring with her and they, their their work's hard. They dance a lot in these things. It takes a lot of energy, and all the people are well rehearsed. And so she got them in a circle. They had a little huddle, a little prayer before they go out. Many people in that field pray. They, they come. Why not? They're all uh, <laughs> they're all renegades from the church. They're <laughs> all escapees from the the church world, especially the really good singers. And so uh, she would say, "I just want to remind you: you go out here, and you if there were three people in this, this audience is packed. But if there were three people out here, you dance for them the same as you do a packed audience. And so they transfer that value system." on to one another you understand me and so there are certain values that come that are part of your training 
Your training is to get you to value the call of God. Your training is to get you to value what God has put in you. Your seed, your seed seed on to every generation. You're to value humanity and value what you can do and, and do it your, to your best. Don't ever do a, a, a halfway job just because you think nobody's looking. God's always looking. And he is the one who has timed your release from that situation on to your next level many times people are expecting to go high after their first test and they only go to the next rung on the ladder you need to think of oh boy here I am with more of this again but it's necessary believe me if God's putting you through it it's necessary so in verse 27 we see where he sold to the Ishmaelites to try and get him involved in something false but but he doesn't stay there for very long he finally arrives in Egypt as a slave of Potiphar. <clears throat> in verse 31 you see the effect that Joseph's uh, departure has on his father. Verse 31 the brothers took Joseph's coat and killed a kid of the goats and dipped the coat in blood. And they sent the coat of many colors and brought it to their father and said we found this. And we don't know whether it's your son's coat or not. Well of course they know it is. And he said he knew it and it was my son's coat and the evil beast has devoured him. And so Joseph's father then lives a life of depression and and broken heartedness because his favorite son he believes is dead. And so he goes on like this for many, many years. We already said that you you will be a, a missing person at many of family functions because of the call of God. If God says you go here, you go here. I notice that when we have our summer conferences, it it often conflicts with our father, our our family's family reunions. And so what am I going to do? I'm going to obey God, leave that seat empty, and let the the conference go downhill because I got something more. You don't have nothing more important to do folks you got me so if anything God will prove that to you that once you give your life to Christ it belongs to him he calleth the shots and so it might surprise you some of the things that God will have you forsake in order to develop in him and and it's a good thing because you do developing you know you're growing you're not just separated from people for no reason you're involved in growth in God and so when you're involved in growth in God that begins to be your motivation in all things so here Joseph is he thinks he's just being sold from one place to the next and he's actually going through a great growth process in God he gets sold to an officer and this is important because he probably needs encouragement when God gets you involved in situations where it's a gravy place and the going's good, it's because he's probably got something else going in your life that's not so pleasant. You got me? So you'll have this kind of extreme in your life. You'll have some real good areas and then you'll have some really areas that are the pits, man. It's just really hard to tolerate. You just, yeah, when is it? Oh, when am I going to get, oh. You know, we all have that. But he never leaves us like orphans. You know, he knows when that spirit of abandonment is trying to attack you and you feel like you have nothing good in your life. And then all of a sudden he'll pop up with something great for you. And so he does that with Joseph through Potiphar. 
who is an officer in Pharaoh's army. He's he's a, a man of renown there. And so Joseph then is able to uh, come up a little bit uh, in life. And then uh, Genesis 37 and verse 36 it says the Midianites sold him into into Egypt to Potiphar an officer of Pharaoh's and a captain of the guard. And so this is a foretelling of Joseph's future. He's that close to Pharaoh. Not in the palace but he's that close. He needs to be close to Pharaoh because he needs to be trained in all of the uh, doings of what officers do. So when somebody is over you and and they have a certain station in life, many times you may aspire to that station. You got me? You may aspire to that station. Uh, in, In this country, in slavery, there were many people who... Uh, were worked some slaves worked in the field some slaves worked in the house if you trace genealogy of house slaves you'll find that many of them wound up their descendants completed college in fact many of the early uh, colleges for African American students were started by the former slave owners for their illegitimate children but still they were in that house. They aspired to that level. My uh, my late husband's family were all porters and maids in houses, homes of very prominent people. My mother-in-law could set a table with 15 pieces of silverware. I knew she could do it because she'd done it once. She never did it at the family functions. But she can do it. She could tell you what every piece was for. Uh, she cooked beautifully. She never, she never burned anything. You know, and she never served anything that was of low quality to anybody. Uh, I never saw her eat when we would have family. She was just in the habit of making sure the guests were served and she kind of oversaw everything. It was just in her to do that. And so, and these things are important because, you know, we may think small of it now because everybody's going to McDonald's. You know what I'm saying? But I'm telling you, if you know how to eat with all that silverware, you might get invited to some very high places one day. You understand what I'm saying? And so those things are, are very important to to carry on. But you can tell when people are destined for great things because great things are ingrained in them some kind of way. If you're a slave there, you're a servant there, you're there. You understand, and you can learn what life is like there. And so, and my my mother-in-law always aspired to to a better life. All of her family did, and many of them made it. You know, many of them made it. So, but in, as far as the family is concerned, God will remove you from that carnal family influence that kind of pulls you down and doesn't allow you to have the freedom to obey God the way He wants you to obey Him. I can think of many family uh, traditions we had. I'm glad we don't do them anymore. I can remember, you know, having parties where, you know, everybody drank everything. They were so expensive. I said, I can get that money to God now. You know, I mean, come on now. There are much better things you can do with it. And so we need to, when we're committed to God, have that ability to to let God pull us away from those things that don't add to our spiritual growth and our spiritual development. So when Joseph was sold to Potiphar, 
we see in in, uh, I think it's chapter 39 now in verse 2 it says the Lord was with Joseph and he caused and he was a prosperous man and he was in the house of his master the Egyptian now we need to find understand that the prosperity is on the believer is not on the master many times so Joseph really was Potiphar's prosperity in fact he was so good at his job Potiphar totally moved out of the way and let Joseph run things you don't do that unless you can see that there's an improvement there that something great has happened to you so this greatness now is beginning to show up in Joseph's life why because it's being totally directed by God even though he's a slave you know sometimes the thing you dislike about your life may be the very thing God needs to have there so he can have full control of your life there are many times I, I remember when I was first uh, saved I was uh, trying to recover from a nervous breakdown I kept thinking it's been so long how has it taken so long was it I needed that I needed that with God because from day one when I was saved I began to read the word continually I mean I read the word like six and eight hours a day sometimes and so when God did then did release me I was full of his word and I wasn't full of a lot of religious nonsense and jargon and you know all that kind of stuff that that defiles people and so I saw that reading of my bible is my salvation every day and and i devoured that word you know sometimes that word needs to be in an environment where it can be protected from other people so i had no company i had no friends coming over everybody that i knew uh kind of abandoned me when they found out that i had been in a mental hospital and i thought to myself well that's just mean you know i felt sorry for myself for a little bit and then after a while being alone with god got to be a joy to me see I learned how to enjoy what I had in my life that was good and so when you understand what God's doing with you I didn't understand it then I understand it much better now but I needed that time with him to focus totally on him and not be distracted by all these other worldly things you know and and stuff like that because when God calls you to do the kinds of things that I've had to do for him you could you got to have a solid foundation now you can't have a lot of uh, untempered mortar in your house you know stuff that won't hold up you don't have time to fail and correct yourself and then get up and rebuild you want to keep building and so I thank God for that time I really do I thank him for that so here Joseph is in Potiphar's house verse 2 says the Lord was with Joseph verse 3 the master saw that the Lord was with him and he made everything he did prosper and Joseph found grace in his sight and served him and then he got promoted in Potiphar's house Potiphar made him overseer of everything so all the other servants were under Joseph now this is part of the dream coming to pass whether he knows it or not as you obey God and you walk with him part of whatever dream or vision you start to see it emerge at least in a seed form it hasn't gotten to the point where all the family is bowing to him but he's got people bowing folks he's got people's Joseph may I do this yes you may no you may not he is in leadership and people are being accountable and answerable to him and so Joseph then begins to proceed into his new life as a 
officer in Potiphar's house and then it comes time for God to make a change. He's gone as high as he can go at that level of training. Very often when you've gone as high as you can go what happens next looks like a tragedy or a demotion. You ever get fired from a job and don't understand why? If you keep walking with God you'll see a promotion right around the corner. You understand you don't have to start over from from the bottom and work your way up. You'll see restoration come into your life. You'll see things begin to happen that you never thought would happen before. Sometimes God has to pull the rug out from under you and let you fall to bring you back to your senses so you can understand oh yeah I better pray and ask God what my next level is what my next step is where am I going next but always expect to prosper eventually your next move may not be a prosperous move Joseph certainly doesn't want what's going to happen to him next but it has to happen in anyhow God has to get him closer to Pharaoh There are some people who are slated to be close to Joseph enough to get him into Pharaoh's presence and God needs to get him there. And so Joseph then becomes accused by Potiphar's wife of raping him when he actually refused to. Sometimes false accusation will cause you to be in places that you don't want to be. You have to learn how to let God be your defense. The worst thing you can do is try to be your own lawyer. Huh? There's a saying in legal circles is the man who has himself as a lawyer has a fool for a client. You got me? You don't defend yourself. We we say lawyer up when you're in trouble. You have an advocate with the Father, Jesus. Whether you're guilty or innocent, you need to go to him. And quit protesting and telling people how innocent you are. Especially when they don't hear you. And so Joseph lands in the prison. And that's his next promotion. You don't often see what you're doing as a promotion. But it is. It's on the way up. And so it's a necessary step on the way up. Because that's where God wants you to be. Sometimes people who, uh, uh, you know, in a job situation, you know, will they have cutbacks, you know, and you say, oh, I'm not getting cut back. God's already promised me so and so and such and such, but you get cut back anyway. Well, what are you going to do? You're going to just mope and be depressed or are you going to continue to say, Mm-mm, I'm not getting cut back even though you are cut back. God has better for me. And as you stand on the word and continue to believe God, God comes for your words. You change your words and you start agreeing with the cutback and all this kind of stuff and saying you're going to, this is as far as you're going to go. I'm going to start looking for another job or whatever. If God doesn't tell you to look for another job, you stay put because he will come for your words. I tell people oftentimes, I say, you know, do you believe that you've gotten as far as you can get in this job? Before you leave, make sure you've gone as far as you can go here before you transfer over for the promotion. Sometimes trouble comes to help develop your character further in God. Sometimes we're too much of a character in our own right for God to use us very much. And so he has to take the character out of us. Amen. And so it's just that way. So Joseph then winds up in prison. 
In 39.22 it says the keeper of the prison committed Joseph's hand into Joseph's hand all the prisoners that so he gets the keys to the jail. Don't ever be surprised in a place that you don't want to be if God will put you in charge of it. See that will make you not want to leave. You know you got the keys you can let everybody out but you. But you got the keys. Uh, you're close to your victory when you have the keys. And that's true of believers in any situation. We have the keys to God's kingdom. If things don't go the way we want them to go, he can make your boss promote you. He can make him give you a raise. He can make them reinstitute you if you've suffered. He can make them do anything, folks. And so my my advice to people oftentimes is just to hang in there until you see everything that you know God can do. Because if you get in the habit of being easily moved when situations are tough, the enemy will cause you to leave a harvest everywhere that you've been that you've never gathered because you didn't know how to tough out the bad weather. See, a farmer wouldn't leave his farm and leave the crop because it rained one day and he didn't want to go out and harvest in the rain. He waits for the rain to dry up because he knows it won't be rainy every day. In our lives, we need to wait for the bad, the ill wind to pass and then go out and gather your harvest. Don't ever leave a harvest out there for somebody else to gather. Because I'm a harvest claimer, folks. I'll be, I'm the cleanup woman. Anything that you leave out there that's got any guy, I want it. And so you, you have to understand there's always somebody there that's claiming what rightfully should be yours. And so Joseph then is in charge of the prison. Verse 23, the keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was the same thing Potiphar did. Anyway, Joseph was so capable. And these people had enough sense to know God was with him because the things that he did ordinary men couldn't do. And so let that be the report about you and about me. The things that we do, ordinary people, you couldn't do it under just normal human strength. God had to be with you in some way. And so God will be evident. And the thing, the beauty of it is this. We're always looking at us. I'm sick of being here. Why is it taking so long? You know, the other thing we start, we get religious and want to condemn ourselves. What did I do wrong? what did I do right God tell me so don't go through all of that you understand what I'm saying you got to pass that point and you get to the point where total trust in God becomes evident in you and then God will promote you and bring you further God is showing people who he is through Joseph every place he has been I'm starting with the the brothers in the the household and all that nonsense that went on. God starts to reveal himself to them through that person. God is waiting to be able to reveal himself to people that we know through us. It's not just about us and our paycheck and what we got promised and God told me he's going to do this and it ain't ha- it's not about that 100%. It's about kingdom things. The things of the kingdom come first to God. And if he needs somebody to know him through you, he's going to leave you right there until they get to know oh this person knows God. This person is is a Christian. This person is different. And so we must understand that. And we must yield to that. We've got to consider that just as important if not more so than what we are looking for out of this situation. 
And so Joseph then uh, is in prison. In chapter 40 we see where he is is, uh, in charge of some very important people in Pharaoh's uh, palace. So he's gone from an officer. He gets kicked out of there. He gets promoted to the jail because he's got people he's got to meet there. You can meet some interesting people in a lot of different places. I know we all ain't praying to go to jail to meet them. But you can meet your next connection. Uh, you know criminals do it all the time. They say many of the criminals that, that would be one time offenders if they didn't connect with certain people when they get in there. You know the counterfeiter gets with somebody. The robber gets with a better robber. You understand what I'm saying? The, uh, the uh, You know what I'm saying. You, you get promoted down in there if you hang with the right kind of people. So that's a common thing to happen in jail. But anyway, uh, he ran, he runs into some important people. These people will figure prominently in Joseph's next level. Be careful how you treat people everywhere, you know, and especially when you're in circumstances that you don't want to be in. And so Joseph has to serve people while in prison. 40 verse 2, it says, Pharaoh was angry against two of his officers, the chief of the butler, and the chief of the bakers. Maybe the bread wasn't good that day or something. But he throws them in jail. And he puts them in the ward in the house of the captain of the guard. In the place where Joseph was bound. The captain of the guard charged Joseph with them. So he put Joseph. He put them under Joseph's care. Joseph has to account for them. So Joseph just starts a relationship with these men he talks to them and he gets to know them and you know they're all prisoners so you know they had a little prison fellowship you know the inmate thing so forth and so on but uh, Joseph is you know he's got the keys there and uh, uh, in verse 5 said they dream both a dream how does this happen happens by God folks this is God giving Joseph encouragement Encouraging his gift, encouraging his dream, etc., etc. And Joseph, each of them dreamed a dream, each man according to the interpretation of his dream. The butler and the baker of the king of Egypt, which were bound in prison. And Joseph came to them one morning and looked at him and said, Y'all don't look so good. Pharaoh's officers that were with him in the guard of the Lord's house, uh, and, the, and he asked the officers, Why are you looking so sad today? Well, you think they'd look as sad in prison every day, wouldn't you? But they no doubt had some good days and some bad days there. This was a bad day. And he said to them, we have dreamed a dream and there is no interpreter of it. Now, you've got to know in that culture, dream interpretation was something that the psychics and you know was a big thing you would they people were trained to understand dream interpretation especially when they were seen to be gifted this happens in the world now they can't find their way to God somebody's going to take that gift and try to use it and he says Joseph said to them don't interpretations belong to God he said tell me I pray you and the chief butler told him his dream and he said that's you know and and tells the details of it so Joseph then tells him that he's going to be able to interpret that dream and he says uh, 
verse 13 yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up your head and restore you to your place and you shall deliver Pharaoh's cup to his hand after the former manner when you were his butler so what Joseph is doing now he's heard both of these dreams and so he delivers the good news first that's real important for for people who want their own way out you understand what I'm saying you know within you if you're in connection with God there's going to be good news for one and bad for the other and so Joseph is given the good news and probably just wants to stop with that and see if he, this guy can get him out of jail because he wants out bad he wants out but God wants up amen you want out but God wants out and in verse 14 he says just remember me when when you're promoted it goes well with you and all that and you're restored and just make mention of me to Pharaoh and let him know I'm down here because see I'm an innocent man I didn't do anything I'm falsely see still pleading his own case let me tell you when you're still pleading your own case you ain't done yet as far as God's concerned you got a little you know if we poke a stick a fork in you and you jump you're not done and so this is what's happening to Joseph. This is just a fork being stuck in him and it's fine that he's not done yet. Because he still want to work his own deliverance. He's tired of being there. He's there innocently. I don't want this anymore. The next guy though he has to tell the bad news to. And so it is the chief uh, I think it's the baker. The baker saw that this guy got a good interpretation so he says okay 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 I'll tell you mine blah 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 blah. And so Joseph has bad news for him he's going to be hanged. And on the Pharaoh's birthday he decides well for entertainment I guess we'll have a hanging party so he goes gets this guy and hangs him. And so the whole thing is forgotten by the butler. How many of you know that God is in charge of remembering and forgetting? He can bring to your remembrance anything you need to know. This is so important because if you've lived a life where you've been mistreated uh, and abused, he needs to apply the blood eraser to a lot of our bad experiences doesn't he so we can go on in the new life unhindered by the old problems and so God can only God can make this man remember who Joseph is and so then finally one day it comes from Joseph's deliverance the the uh, the guy that lived the butler forgot him he went back to work in Pharaoh's house he probably be in low key in, in case Pharaoh forgets you know that he's supposed to be living you know if your life has been spared you're not going to go rushing up in nobody's face and make the same mistake again so the butler's probably real low key up there you know he doesn't want to be known by, by Pharaoh and he certainly doesn't want to make any more mistakes and so Joseph you know isn't it the way it is the person we think is going to be important for our future or for our deliverance is the one that's least capable or willing to help us or your deliverance comes from God you won't you won't be able to script this yourself the Bible has to be written by holy men of God inspired by God because this is this is just too much to for a human mind to conceive you know you couldn't conceive of all the things that are in the word of God and so there comes a due season for for uh, Joseph's deliverance and that's in chapter 41 and we see that uh, there's Pharaoh dreams a dream 
So God is giving through these dreams and the gift of interpretation. He's giving Joseph access to his future. God will use anything. You don't have to be an interpreter of dreams. You don't have to be a prophet for God to take you on this road. Any gift that you have. When your gift begins to put you in the place of prominent people. That's a God thing. Because it says your gift will make room for you and put you in high places. Put you in places where prominent people are, uh, gifted people are, people in leadership are. All of this, these, these are people to God. They're not positions and they're not prominent. They're prominent to us. But these are people as far as God is concerned. And so in verse uh, 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 the uh, Pharaoh dreams a dream. Nobody, none of his magicians can interpret it. Of course, he wants to kill everybody. You know, when that happens, Pharaoh says, "What good is this whole bunch?" You know, he wants to get rid of them. It doesn't say that here, but they know what's coming. So then, everybody racks their brain to try and figure out how do we get Pharaoh from not being mad? We'll find somebody who can interpret the dream. Then the, the uh, then the butler remembers. You know, he remembers all of a sudden and verse 12 he says there was it with us a young man a hebrew servant to the captain of the guard we told him he interpreted to us our dreams each man according to his dream he did interpret and it came to pass as that he as he interpreted to us it was so he said me you restored to my office and the baker you hanged pharaoh sent and called joseph they brought him out hastily out of the dungeon he shaved himself changed his clothes and came to Pharaoh you need to know that each position that God elevates you to will cause you to have a change in appearance countenance dress garment whatever you understand what I'm saying when God elevates you he gives you the full treatment he didn't bring Joseph up as somebody who looked like a prisoner Joseph came out looking like somebody who belonged in the palace and that's what God adorns us with you never think low of yourself because of where you've been never think less of yourself because of your history your background what you've been through all that when God makes you prominent he brings you out so nobody ever knows where you've been where you came from I remember when I was a new Christian a lot of little small bible studies I would be in and uh, you know you would see women who look like you know just little saints you know they prayed right along with you and everything and you know I can remember one lady told me she had she had been in the hell's angels gang and all this kind of stuff and I said you look like nothing close to what but see God gave her a dignity you're the bride of Christ now and so he gives you that appearance and so Joseph comes out fully dressed in a proper attire for his new station in life and you all know the rest of the story when he came in and interpreted that dream from Pharaoh the first thing he told him was he says nope that's this is not my gift he said this is God God will give you an answer of peace in verse 15 and 16 the Pharaoh said to Joseph I've dreamed a dream nobody can interpret it 
I've heard say of you that you can do it. And he said Joseph said nope it's not in me. God will give you an answer of peace. In other words you're troubled. God has a remedy for your trouble. When you get this word from God you'll be peaceful about it. And so I think that's a good thing to offer people when they want an answer from God. God is not here to upset your life. He's not here to condemn you. He's not here to take you down. God always takes you up. He gives you an answer of peace. Sometimes it might be a little bad news in there but you'll be peaceful about it. Because you can accept it because it's from God. And so God gives Joseph not only an interpretation of the dream which is bad news but he gives him a plan to carry out so that the people can survive because they're headed for seven years of famine that are going to be like none other that was seen before God saw all of this before Joseph was born he started planning it in Joseph's heart when he was 17 Joseph is now 30 years old he spent almost half of his life in prison but when God brings him out that's all you got to know about the part place where God brings you out everything's fresh and new you start all over again see when God brings you out you don't have a record anymore you don't have to go to court and get it expunged and all this you know pay lawyers to get you cleared and all that God can take you way under the radar way under the radar I I know of at least two people that got good jobs right out of prison because people say well we don't have to take you three but you know I know you're on probation but we don't have a probation for people here we know where you're supposed to be and put them right and why because they served God they knew God and they were trusting God for their future when you're in Christ all things are new Old things are passed away. I mean that that person that you used to be is not existent anymore. Joseph didn't have a past anymore. He just had a glorious future. And he was at the head of all things when he got it. He was second only to Pharaoh. Pharaoh offered him a job right then and there. He said since I know God's given you an answer. You have all this laid out. He said I'm going to put you in charge of it. Because who else can do a better job than you? Huh? Prison or no prison, there's nobody else here who can do a better job than you. And so the fulfillment of God's vision comes to pass for Joseph. It's beginning to materialize. The the only thing left now is is reconciliation with his family because when Pharaoh put him in in his office, he got him a house, he got him a wife, he got everything he needed was all lined up for him. <laughs> you know, it doesn't take you 15 years or 20 years or 30 years to decide who to marry. You know, sometimes it's a God thing and he can present that to you right then and right there. But he elevated Joseph far above anything he could have imagined for himself far above that and and it's worth it I believe and I know to go God's way and, and not want out all the time when, when things get difficult when they get tough you know don't look for the bailout out of your difficult situation but just hang on because God has such good things for you he'll reinstitute you and what you thought was taken away isn't that right little Shannon they thought you, they'd strip you from everything in that job you had when you first came in and God gave it right back to you and it didn't take long did it 
didn't take long at all. And so we 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 look at these things and we think, mm, I'm gonna quit. I'm gonna find something. Uh-uh. Don't you quit? Don't you find something else? You stay there and let God know you trust Him. If God's got you there, you stay there. You'll know He's got you there. You read your Word every day and and see what He speaks to you from that Word. If He gives you peace, you go another day. And if He gives you more peace, you go another and another day. And pretty soon He's you've developed a trust in God. That will elevate you above your peers because you'll have that in you where you can trust God above others. So when you want out, you make sure that God doesn't want you going up, but he always does. Amen. If you think you it's time for you to quit, you just hang on there because God has promotion for you and he has elevation for you always. Okay. All right. Father, we thank you for your word and for understanding for things that we have you've given us right now that we can can. Uh, hold on to these we can put them into practice this week father i thank you that we're able to grab onto your word hold on to it not let it go because this word will serve us in days to come we thank you for blessing us to know your word in jesus name amen praise god if anybody wants prayer come on up i'll pray for you